All right, today we are trying something new and I have two guests. I have Brian Anderson Needham. He's the owner and operator of Weapon Brand and Combat Athlete Performance Academy, which we'll get to hear a bit about. And uh, Jamie Anderson, she's the CEO of Weapon Brand. So uh, before we get started into how you both started the company itself, let's let's get a little bit of background for both of you. So uh, Brian, let's start with you as a fellow veteran. I'm gonna give you the, the first shot. Awesome. Uh, Talk a bit about your background, where you're from, who you are, and what you do. Well, uh, I'll do that, but I, I first have to uh, start by saying Jamie isn't just the CEO of Weapon Brand. She's actually a co-owner, so uh, yeah. I, I had to make sure she threw that out there just because um, I, I would have heard about it tomorrow, guaranteed. <laughs> so, I'd kick his butt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I... I um, my career actually started with with uh, going into the Marine Corps, and and I spent some time uh, doing a a bunch of, as you'd know, Jeremy, being part of the military, a, a bunch of weird, weird things in the uh, in the Marine Corps, and and being a part of a lot of operations. And uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom was probably one of the most major. Um, and then I actually got to the point where I was doing both at the same time, working for the state of Ohio and in the uh, in the marine corps uh finally gave up that career uh concentrated on my uh, my career in the state of ohio and and there from there i, I did a, a ton of more more um weird things with the state of ohio so um which actually led me into what we're doing today but a, a lot of the stuff was was law enforcement based uh, i worked a lot with uh corrections parole and a lot of um uh, state highway patrol for for the state of ohio and and a lot of uh, local municipalities as well so did a lot of weird stuff <laughs> that's interesting so what i'm gonna ask this what made you go in the marines uh, the marines of all things right uh, oh, man, this so this is um th this is a pretty funny story i was i was late to high school on a friday and um i was i, I was very very normally not late and and uh when I showed up that day, I happened to be late on a Friday, which I had a football game that night and I was met by my coach, my head coach. And he saw me and my, I, I just felt my whole heart drop and I'll never forget this. And he just, he gave me that look of disgust and he just gave me this, this come with me type thing. And, um, he took me to a, uh, it was, it was a study hall that they were using as a test taking classroom. And uh, he said, go in there, talk to that teacher, tell her that you, uh, that I brought you here and you're going to, you need to take that test. And I had no idea what the test was. Well, it turned out to be the ASVAB. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, so he got me out of being late and not missing uh, starting or, or the first quarter of the game, at least. And um, I took that test and, and surprisingly, I did, I did pretty well, did really well, actually. And um, so I started to get these calls from recruiters and, and looked into some things and I thought, man, um, what's the, the most difficult one that I could do? Well, it's the Marine Corps. And I, I, I have no idea why, other than I just, uh, I was always up for the challenge and, uh, I did that and I, I took, now my family wasn't the happiest cause I was, uh, you know, I had, I had letters to go, um, uh, possibly wrestle or play ball for, for different colleges. And, um, when I went to the Marine Corps, they were just kind of like, Oh man, jaw dropping. Right. So I did that. And, I, if I didn't do that, I, don't, I really honestly don't think we'd be where we are today. Mm. That's really interesting. Uh, and and then how did you get involved with the state of Ohio? Was that through your military affiliation or just some? Other yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was primarily. So it's funny because literally the same exact day that I got um, offered the job for the state of Ohio, I was off also offered the job for Columbus Police Department, and. Um, 
I took the job with the state, think just hearing different people saying, you know, with the state, you're going to have more opportunities. You're going to move up faster. You could travel all over. And, um, and I did, I mean, they, they just, the state of Ohio really, really took care of me. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people out there, especially in the, in the profession that, um, that, that we were in Jeremy, you know, law enforcement and, you know, the, that type of a field there, it, it's really unforgiving a lot of times, but, uh, I will tell you the state of Ohio really, really took care of me. Uh, and my career was, I, I had my dream job before I, I resigned from the state. I literally had, my, I had a, a professor one time and he waved, he said, if, if I could wave a magic wand, what would you be doing tomorrow for your dream job? And I ended up doing that. Wow. So yeah, I, I absolutely love my job, but it, it was a little bit dangerous at times and then a little, little wild, but, um, man, I, I love doing it. And, and once again, uh, if I didn't do that, we would be where we are today. That's amazing. All yeah. right. So, so Jamie, I don't even let him eat. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and keep this, keep this in mind, Jerry. I, I ate whenever I went. As a matter of fact, not only did I eat, but the state paid for my meals every day. Nice. So uh, yeah, my meals were provided, right. Either through funding or they provided a meal at my Academy. And, uh, now I can't, now not only do I not get to eat, but I don't even get paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a big transition, but we'll get into that. I'll be very interested to hear about that. Me, so. That is true. That's, that's, that's the goal of it. That's the goal of it. Right. So, so Jamie, what about you? What, what, what did, where did you start out? What's your background in your career journey? Um, I've kind of had a few, but I started out in college. Um, I got hired on as a mortgage broker. Um, not, I didn't even know what a mortgage was when I took this job and I wasn't smart enough at the time. There was no internet to like, look up what's a mortgage. My parents never talked about a mortgage. So I was like, I'll just, you know, give it a shot because I was still in college and it actually turned out to be a really great job, but super stressful. So that was in Ohio where I grew up and went to college. And then I moved to California to, um, Los Angeles and ended up being in media sales my entire time there. I was there for 17 years. And I sold um, I sold print, magazines, newspapers. And then I went into radio when I left, which was a really fun job. Um, but I left radio and started my own ad agency, which I still have today, doing traditional media, uh, like radio, TV, outdoor, um, print, events, things like that. Um, and I never wanted to get in the digital space because it's always changing so quickly. And I've always outsourced all of that work while well, starting weapon brand. And because we're a new company and on a budget, I'm like, man, I don't know how to do digital media. <laughs> so that's definitely a learning curve for me. And, and that's what I spend a lot of time on is, is trying to promote ourselves in the cheapest way possible. Um, that's going to be the most effective way. So, um, being that I was in media, all of my clients, for the most part, are in California. And when COVID hit, mm. uh, you know, California was just hit real tough because their governor just shut it down. And a lot of them were not having event, events, not only for a year, but for two years. And so my income was drastically reduced. Um, and also another huge client of mine is a firearms uh, company. They have about 30 stores in California. Well, they haven't had to spend a penny on advertising since pre-COVID because everybody 
is buying firearms and guns or firearms and ammo, and they can't even keep their their shelves stocked. So a lot of my income had just gone. And um, Brian came down to, I was living in Florida um, at the time. I moved from California and Brian came down to visit me and he knew I was going to a country music festival. Um, I'm always going to big events where there's hundreds of thousands of people. And he said, I want you to be safe. So, you know, let me, let me put on this lecture for you and your friends. So I put it on Facebook and within 90 minutes, like 30 people had said we wanted to come. And I was like, well, crap, I only have parking for two people at my house. How are we going to do this? You know? So we went to a local coffee shop and I, um, the guy who owned it was a veteran. And I said, I'd love to have an event here. I don't have any money to pay you, but we'll be bringing people to your establishment. Would you have us? And he said, of course. And, um, Brian came and he spoke to a bunch of my friends and they all wanted more of what he, you know, was trained on more information, more training, you know, how do we get, how do we get what he has? And so he was starting this in Ohio already. And I was like, Hey, let's do this together. You know, there were 30 people within 90 minutes who said they'd come, let's try to sell tickets to the next one. So the next one we sold tickets and that was just over a year ago. And ever since then, we've just been rocking and rolling. Wow. So what brought you into, into media though? I mean, uh, it, it, that's an interesting, and, and going to California, which I've lived in California. I, I wouldn't live in California ever again. That's I know. lots of reasons, right? How, yeah. how did that come about? Um, my best friend lived in California um, and I went to visit her. She lived in Brentwood, California, which is a suburb of LA. And I was like, I always knew that I was going to get out of Ohio. I was just like, I had bigger things in mind for me, myself. And um, she lived there. I went to visit her. I got a job pretty much, you know, actually I went to visit her, came home three months later, moved out there, um, got a job pretty quickly and got my own place. And it was at a newspaper. And so um, that was kind of the start of my media career. And as that career progressed, I was getting bigger and bigger clients and making better relationships. And um, a radio station that I was working at flipped format. Um, and I'm a country girl. I love country music. So my heart just wasn't really in not selling country music. Anyways, down the road, I started an, or I went to work at an ad agency and I was like, I can do this. Like, all I'm doing is the commissions that I'm making on this stuff. I'm, I'm giving part of it to these guys to write a check. Mm -hmm. And they did teach me a lot, but I was like, I can do this on my own. So I went out on my own in 2011 and um, have had a really great career up to COVID. And once COVID hit, it just kind of took the steam out of what I was doing. And I still do it today. I still have clients that I've worked with forever and I'll still place their media buys and, and help them. But my focus is really weapon brand. It's be, it's so much more gratifying. Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Buying. As an IT guy, I like your website, by the way. I think you did a great job. Yeah. It's actually a work in progress, so I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. I, I I've done web development for many years, so I I think it it hits the mark in terms of what you're trying to you know trying to express uh, in, in a website. So good job. 
so done with like very little education on how to do that. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? Uh, yeah. and, and I would say that probably wouldn't have been so easy 10, 15 years ago. I mean, the technologies that are available to uh, small business owners to 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 build things like that are much, much better than they than they used to be. Yeah, exactly. If I don't know how to do something, I just look on YouTube, I figure it out, I put it on social media, who knows how to do this. And normally within a couple minutes, I have an answer to my question or can watch a video on how to do it. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm clawing my way through this learning day by day. So. <laughs> yeah, we, in the IT field, which I'm in, we joke about the uh, university of YouTube is it's, <laughs> you learn everything on YouTube. Yeah. So, all right. So how did you meet? Uh, you're, I know, I know you're related, but how does that, how did that work out? I mean, your cousins, correct? Right. 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 I don't know my cousins like, you know, your cousin. So what's that, how's that family connection go back? In, in, in? Well, we're born three weeks apart and our dads are brothers. Okay. So Brian and I grew up together, um, thick as thieves all through growing up. And then when he went to the military and he was out in the desert and I'm in LA, you know, living my best life, we kind of lost touch a little bit because, you know, yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to the desert to visit him. So <laughs> um, he did get to come to Ohio a couple or excuse me, California a couple of times when he was uh, chasing fugitives and taking them back to Ohio from California. So I got to see him then. And yeah. then it really wasn't until um, he was going through a breakup and he reached out to me and was just kind of looking for some, you know, family support and, and someone to talk to. And he said, let me come down to Florida and just get some saltwater therapy. And hence, a year and a little over a year later, we're both working 12 plus hour days because of that visit. <laughs> yeah. Right. So how did it work out that when she said, Hey, let's do this thing at the coffee shop. What was your, uh, what was your thought on that? Uh, it's, I mean, I, I'm Jeremy, I, I've, I've taught in the crate. I've taught in like <laughs> wild places, you know? So um, anywhere that there's going to be people showing up and I'll be honest, if we had one person show up, that evening, we still would have done the class, you know, so, uh, and that was the, the primary reason I was coming down other than just to get, um, get away from Ohio and all the, all the, uh, the catastrophe that happened then. So, um, but man, if, if that stuff didn't happen, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I, I'm a true believer and everything does happen for a reason. And, and, uh, but yeah, so we came down and, and, and I came down and, and we, uh, we took that, uh, took that training that day. Um, regardless of how many people were going to show up and, and she's right it, it blew up immediately you know there were a lot of people there. there were a lot more people there than I expected when I showed up and then it just uh the ball got rolling from there so it's pretty so how, does, so how did you start the company what, what was the thought process behind right you had a successful career going on in Ohio so this so that's pretty interesting um you know, we, we, we just, we were on a podcast actually earlier today and I, I told this story and, and I haven't told this story too many times, but it, it is an interesting one. Um, I was, I worked for the state for 21 years before I resigned and they told me I was going to have to work for 32 years total. And I was just like, oh man, I mean, I don't care what job you, you have, if you, regardless of you love it or not, like that's, that's just kind of a, that's a blow. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was already going on in my head, but I just kept thinking like everything that I was doing for the state 
I just kept thinking I could totally do this myself, you know, kind of similar to Jamie. And um, I wouldn't have as many strings attached. And to be fair, they really kind of just let me go with it. They, they let me recreate the whole system that they had, scrap the old one and, and start fresh. So they were very supportive in that. However, there were always, of course, as you know, um, in that field, there, there's a lot of strings attached. So, but I kept thinking, man, I could do this on my own. So one of my mentors um, that I had and, and, and trainers that I had, he, uh, I, I reached out to him and I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to open this company, which right now is weapon brand, but this was years back. And he said, uh, he, he literally called me a dumbass. Oh, wow. He said, yeah. He said, you, he said, if, if you leave the job that you have now to try to teach self-defense to people, that's a dumbass move. And I'm like, I was shocked. I, I, I was put back by it. And I said, that's what you do. You're a multimillionaire. Like, that's what you do. And he said, yeah, but for 12 years, I did it out of my garage making absolutely nothing. <laughs> and um, he said, you have you have your dream job. What he did say was, he said, you know, if you just try to open up a self-defense company and, and we'll probably get into this, I'm, I'm sure. He said, you're going to realize people don't want to learn self-defense. He said, people just don't. They can't accept that it'll happen to them. And uh, the only ones that typically do it are you have very few forward thinkers that, that accept the fact it could happen. So I'm going to uh, get some training to protect myself or my family. But typically what happens is you find the people that have had some type of an incident uh, or to their family or friends. Right. And he did say, you know, you have all, all these fitness certifications. He said, why don't you open um, some type of a training facility, some type of a gym in essence, and then just type of use it as a vessel. In a sense. And, and what I did was I did do that. I opened up combat athlete, um, which we did everything there. You know, we, we were very self-defense based, but we did it through um, fitness classes, jujitsu, Muay Thai, um, different types of firearms training, things like that. So, but what I started, and, and you know, one of his quotes, he said, he said, you're going to notice that if you have 500 clients, 400 of them just want to know how to make their butts smaller or bigger. He said, if you're lucky, and he's, he was right. If, if you were lucky, you're going to have a 100 that want to know self-defense. And um, I also believe, and thanks, thanks to Jamie, I also believe that a lot of that has to do with not just uh, the instructor's knowledge base and skill set, but your marketing for it as well. And um, I could tell you that I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like without Jamie, I would have been doing very, very small classes. And I, I honestly don't think seeing what we do now, I honestly don't think that if, if I didn't have Jamie uh, next to me doing this and, and, and sometimes on top of me punching me, <laughs> uh, I, I honestly don't think that, that it would have flown like it did. So um, so I opened up that business in July 2018 and we started to run some self-defense classes. It started to pick up some steam. And that's right around when I, I contacted Jamie uh, with tears in my eyes, with a broken heart, <laughs> and said, and said, I need to get out of here. I need some uh, some saltwater therapy, as she says. And, and and I wanted to teach you and your friends some uh, self defense. It blew up. Um, her and I have always been been like best friends. So um, you, you couldn't you couldn't have a better partnership. Um, so it just took off from there, Jeremy. It was it, it's a it was, truly is a blessing. So, so I, I'm familiar with the challenge you're talking about, right? Not a lot of people uh, want to learn self-defense. I, I made my family learn my capabilities when I, you know, when I, from when I was a police officer, my daughter, especially, right? Had to, yeah. 
so how does how does that go? How do you, you know, Jamie, how do you market it to get people well, to show up? We pull them in kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's it's the most challenging thing I've ever done um because most people don't want to accept it, but I do a ton of networking and once they um, once they come to one of our classes, which normally we'll give them kind of an introductory class, or right now we've started some boxing on the beach classes, which we don't make any money on. It's not really our focus, but it allows us to be out there in the community speaking to people. And then they see us and they realize that we're like legit and that Brian really knows what he's talking about. And he's, he's very, knowledgeable he's charming people love to be around him he's funny so once they experience us just a little bit they give us referrals they come to our more expensive classes they refer us to their companies mm. um and so that's basically how it's grown you know moving forward hopefully we're going to have more advertising budgets to be able to do a lot more and to expand our reach um but right now it's it's really kicking and screaming every person we get in that door so and then Gee. they come back i mean normally once somebody comes to one of our classes they're a client for life because um, one, we have fun. We, you know, it's a serious topic, but we still have fun with it. Um, they feel empowered. You know, our slogan is be your own weapon. So they really do feel like even after just one class, wow, if I was attacked, I would at least have some tools in my toolbox to be able to access easily and readily from taking this class. Um, our system isn't a system that you have to train for years and years and years and years to be able to use. It's easy to learn, easy to remember, and easily accessible in the time of an incident. So um, once we get them in the door, they're they're students for life. And what's that look like, Brian? I mean, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, I, I know the higher advanced stuff, right? The martial arts skills and all, but how do you get the beginners to uh, go, yeah, this is something I want to know how to do and I want to know more? Well, the, the very first, that's a great question. The very first thing that, that you have to make them understand is they have to accept the fact that it's going to happen and, or that it could happen. Um, we, have a, we have a class that's called Personal Safety and Threat Awareness. That's our Creating a Weapon Mindset. And that class is solely to take away misconceptions um, of self-defense situations and create that weapon mindset. It's to help change that mindset into I can do things to, to help protect myself and my family. I like Jamie said, I don't have to go to a jujitsu class uh, two to three times a week and spend $168 uh, monthly. And instead I can take things that, that some guy that invented it uh, got beat up literally for years and years uh, to learn how to show other people the easiest ways to do it and, and make it effective. And I think once they start to, and like Jamie said, once, once they're around us and they, cause it is a very serious topic. And I think that's, that's why people shy away, but once they're around us and they see that we're just normal people um, that we do have experience, but at the same time, we relate to a lot of different people. And, um, and like she said, we have fun. So once they, they get that, they almost get like a buy-in mm. and she's so right. Jeremy, when, when the, we I really don't think we have one client that has taken a class and didn't come back for something else. Um, and our referral rate is huge. So we, uh, most of our clientele 
they have been referred. They're typically not people that just see it and then show up. They're referred by other people. So I think that's hugely important for, for us to create a good rapport with, with especially new clients um, for them to pass that on. So to answer your question, that, that, that's what it looks like, just getting that buy-in from them by changing their mindset and um, showing them those misconceptions and also that it's easy. The stuff that we teach is easy. There's so many instructors out there that are showing stuff that uh, they have this weekend self-defense class. And it's like you, you leave and you're like, I don't know if I can actually really do that. Well, the stuff that we prove it day in and day out that um, if you've taken it once, we've created a mental blueprint by the way that we teach it that you're going to fall back to and you're going to remember portions of it. And then the more you do it, obviously, um, the easier it is to, to access. I'll mention, Jeremy, as well, that, um, you know, we reach out to a lot of different um, communities that we can help right now a lot that we've been focusing on is the LGBTQ plus community. Um, after, you know, we're here in Florida and they had that shooting at Pulse Nightclub in Orlando. And then they also just recently had one in Colorado. Um and so we've really been trying to partner with different community organizations, going on different podcasts and TV shows or YouTube TV shows, and just reaching out to different communities to try to help them, especially when they're in a critical situation like they are right now. So um, there, everyone's like, do you work with domestic violence shelters? Yes. Do you work with troubled youth? Yes. Do you work in, and the answer is yes, we work with everybody. Do you work with people who are disabled? Yes. You know, we work with everybody. And so I think that's been part of our success too, is you don't have to be a fitness model or in super great shape like Brian is to learn our system. You can be in a wheelchair, you can have a walker, you can have a cane, or you can be a fitness model um, or anything in between and the elderly as well. So um, it's we do a lot of reaching out to different communities to try to help them that we know are a little bit more vulnerable to attacks. That's interesting. So as you mentioned during COVID, right, the the uh, uh, gun stores didn't need marketing as much, right? And because if there's a fear that came about from COVID and, and some of the events that immediately preceded it, some of the uh, unrest in the country, uh, has that helped uh, people to, you know, as you said, Brian, you got to get through that. It's almost like, it's almost like when you first are drinking alcohol, I'm going to use alcohol as an example. When you're first drinking whiskey for the first time, you're like, that is garbage. Who can even drink that, right? But you, know, you, you, you persevere and then you realize, oh, that's not so bad. Same thing can be said. I, I hate to use alcohol as reference, but same thing can be said, like the importance of understanding how to defend yourself or uh, recognize the situation you're putting yourself in. You're putting yourself in an unsafe situation. Yeah. Has COVID and those other events helped uh, you with your, you know, getting people interested? A little bit. I could tell you where it didn't help was uh, combat athlete. <laughs> it certainly, you know, they, they shut us down, obviously. The cool thing about, about that, that, that I have to mention, because um, for any of our, our members up there that are, that are going to watch this, uh, we stayed open because of our members. We stayed open because I was consistently getting phone calls, texts, and emails saying, I, I want you to still take my payment. We don't want this place to go away. It's special. And it really, it really is. But, um, you know, from those people, what I do think, I think that this pandemic that, that we've, um, I, I, I guess I could say made it through, um, man, it really did cause a lot of different fears because it was the unknown. You know, we all fear the unknown. And 
It was something new. It was something fearful for a lot of people. So I think when that happens, um, you, your brain starts to kind of go a little bit. And I do believe that that probably did attribute to a little bit of our, our uh, early success because it was a li- it was right after the pandemic uh, started to slow down. And I think people were thinking, oh, man, you know, what happens if, if everything gets shut down? What happens if people are looking for food? What happens if we're going into survival mode? You know, I, I need to know this stuff. So uh, and that's why the gun stores, you know, all these gun stores, like, like Jamie mentioned, they're, they're getting sold out of their stock. Well, I do think that that probably did attribute to a little bit of our early success uh, with people being fearful. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I could definitely see uh, like. Cause not everybody's a gun person, right? There are, right. I mean, my wife definitely is not a gun person. I, me, I, I love guns, but she yeah. does it in a good way. Right. In safety. Yeah, sure. Um, but she's not a fan. So, but what you're doing, right. Doesn't necessarily have to include a firearm. It can right. Right. Do you also include other, like, I don't know. I don't know what stun gun laws are in Florida, but like, you know, uh, tasers or, or, or other personal defense devices. Yeah. So we do talk about that, uh, but we, we try to break up some misconceptions about what we what we consider secondary tools. Mm. Uh, your primary tool, what we teach people is what you see, what you feel, and then how you respond to that, how you react, um, and then learning how to react. First and foremost, trying to avoid the fight by what you see, accept that, and then and then move on. But if you can't, then what are the most what are the easiest ways, most effective ways that you're able to fight back, make that attacker feel like the defender? And then get out of the situation back to your family. Uh, however, and and this is a pretty interesting topic that that when you bring up about firearms, Jeremy, because just even our our name alone, in the beginning especially, we had a lot of people turn away from us because they just automatically assumed that we were uh, pro gun, um, that we were selling, uh, building. Uh, training guns only and and we try to uh and this goes to your, to your question with the secondary secondary tools i i place a gun in the same category as a taser or a pepper spray because it's an extension of you um, it isn't your hands you've been born with your hands you, you were born with your eyes so those were things that that um, we can now train you to use that you already have the skill we could just hone in on that skill uh however you know, tasers and, and things like that. We explain to people that that's secondary because it's something you don't train on every day. I, I can eat a bowl of fruity pebbles every single day and not think about it, right? Not, <laughs> not think about how to do it. But if I picked up a taser or pepper spray, I'd have to, re- or even a firearm. And I, I've handled firearms for, you know, my entire career and over half my life, but I still have to think about it. So yeah. that yeah. becomes- The stressful situation elevates that Yes. You can think through that process, right? Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that would argue that say, well, if you have the correct muscle memory, but man, how much, you know, this, you know, a law enforcement military guy, how much training does one really have? to? I mean, I was in every special operations uh, type of team that you could imagine, and I still need training. So, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not too big to admit that, but with all these other measures, like, you know, mace, pepper spray, tasers, um, the batons, you know, people that that they carry all these things and they think, well, I'm just going to be able to use this. That's a misconception. So we we teach them against that, or at least against the uh, uh, the thought that that's what they're automatically going to go to, and it's automatically going to work every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you as as you and I both know, and, and Jamie for sure, these things are are they're they're a crapshoot. 
So, but what isn't is what you see and what you could actually believe in. Uh, so to answer your question, yeah, we do teach about it, but we teach that it's, it's secondary and we teach the best ways to handle it mentally in a sense. No, that's fantastic. I, I love that. I love that. Cause you're right. I mean, there's some, we, even when I uh, was actively in law enforcement, we would not always trust that stuff, right? At the end of right. the day, right. uh, equipment fails, uh, your uh, rush to adrenaline is a factor. And that's, yeah, that's worse for somebody, like you said, who isn't uh, practicing for those situations. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Um, you know, we give the, we give some of our clients an example, because we get these, we get questions and I've been getting these questions my entire career, but uh, Jamie is not, she could answer every question now, right? It's, 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 uh, it's not very often that she gets stumped by something because she hears also just in the past year, the same exact questions all the time. And, you know, we'll get a question, something similar to, well, if I carry my gun in my purse, it's going to be easy to find and easy to use. Right. It's like, well, if you put your phone in your purse and you used your phone probably at least 150 times today, uh, if I called you right now, how fast can you get to that phone and how accurate can you be with that phone? Now let's talk about a gun, pepper spray, or a taser. How many times have you used that today? Hopefully none. And uh, are you going to be able to get to that that quickly and then be effective with it? Especially like you mentioned, you know, sympathetic nervous system effects start to take over. It goes from fine and complex to gross motor skills. And if you don't have that muscle memory or that mental blueprint on, on what to do uh, without thinking, you're in a, you're in a tough situation. Yeah. Uh, so as you guys have built the business, what are some lessons you've learned? Uh, and, 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 you know, maybe it's on how you get the customers or how you're building your customer base. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, right. For people who are beginning a business, right. There are typical challenges. Yeah. Uh, what are some of those? And then how, how have you been able to overcome those? So I, I could answer one for Jamie right now that, that broke my heart. Uh, it breaks my heart to this day, but I know, I know now she thought right off the bat, I, I can guarantee this is going to work. That Man, this is going to be great. Everybody wants self-defense. And it was the absolute opposite. So, and I knew that and I saw that and I would see her get deflated and let down sometimes. And I, I'd have to, and, and she, you know, it's a roller coaster is every business, but you know, she tells me all the time, Hey, you know, things are going to look up. We're going to, we're going to do this. We're, we're really making it. We kind of have to be each other's uh, cheerleader at times. And, um, but I saw that from the beginning, that was a challenge. That was a challenge for me to see Jamie become deflated. A lot of times seeing the reality of people are just not interested in protecting their families. You know, they, they can say it all day long, but they're not interested. That's the wrong thing to say. They're not interested in seeking effective training to protect their families. They want to do it. They say they'll do it, but they don't take the measures to do it. And that, that was a challenge for me. But I I know I could tell you right now, Jeremy, uh, Jamie has like a checklist of a hundred things that are a challenge. (laughs) And and I'm one of them. I'm probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I think resiliency is important. You know, every day we hear, we hear, oh, I'm good. I don't need self-defense. New Yorkers are the worst. I'm sorry if you're listening from New York, but everybody from New York thinks they're a tough guy and don't need self-defense. Um, people that already have their concealed carry license 
They think that because they have a license, they don't need any training. Um, and I was just telling a girlfriend today, I said, that's like having a driver's license, never having driven a car and thinking that you're, you're fine. You don't need any, you don't need any drive time to actually know how to use, drive a car. Um, so resiliency, I think has been really important for us just to, to keep on going. Um, and knowing that every single person that we touch is helped. I mean, that helps a lot because the job is really, really gratifying. Um, every job that I've had, I, I've loved, but you don't necessarily get the same reaction when you put on a good advertising campaign as to when you, as to when somebody leaves your classes feeling empowered and feeling like that they can protect themselves if they had to, um, the texts and emails and phone calls that we get after every class, it, it literally is, is the only thing that kind of keeps me going. Um, so that, and then I think consistency is super important. Um, on the days where we don't feel like showing up, but we say we're going to be there, you know, we're there being people of our word, but the consistency with social media postings, you know, every day, even if I don't have time, I figure it out. I, I go through my list, Facebook, LinkedIn, meetup, um, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Google my business. So they pretty much get updated every day. Um, and I think that that's kind of been a lesson too, is when you're not there, people are like, they forget about you. So you have to always be in their face. Um, God, I, I could go on for days and days. That is, it's way harder than anybody ever thought. You know, I tell Brian all the time, if I knew it was going to be this hard, I probably would not have done it. <laughs> it's so hard, but it's, it's, I love it and it's super gratifying. So we keep going. Um, the support, you know, it's really hard when you think that your friends and family are going to support you and, and they do, but it's not like, huh, it's hard to say. I, I say a client will become a friend before a family or a friend will become a client. So, so, true. so that's, that's been a tough pill to swallow for sure. Um, they all want to see us do well, but are they in our classes? You know, some are, some aren't. Um, so those people that you really thought would be there for you and be your ride or dies aren't necessarily the people who are sharing your stuff, who are buying your merchandise, who are signing up for your classes, who are referring you. It's the people who have actually been to your classes that are doing that. So that's a tough pill to swallow. I could just go on for days and days. <laughs> no, that's that's interesting, right? That, and that's a that's a challenge every new business owner has, right? As you're starting a fresh business, you you hope that the people in your network that you know and the, the ones who are especially close are are going to support you, and, and they don't they don't always, right? Either they don't have applicability to the business you have, they, or they don't think they do, or uh, you know whatever, right? There's lots of reasons. We all make excuses for things we don't do. <laughs> Yeah. So as you've gone through your, your careers and, and, and your journey to this point uh, in starting this company, what, what are, what's something that you've seen that you wish, like, we just did differently, right? It could be, I don't know, it could be the way we hire people. It could be the way uh, people expect us to advertise, right? I know you're an advertising person, Jamie. I don't know. It, it could be whatever it is in your career. What's, what's something you've seen that you just wish if we had come to you today and said, hey, you, you have the power to make us all reconsider that that we're just doing something in a way that's not effective 
what might that be for? I'll start with you, Brian. How what might that be for you? You know, that's a pretty hard, that's a difficult question. But but one thing that would make our job a lot easier is if people didn't somehow have the misconceptions that they have. Mm. I think if they knew the truth behind a lot of uh, different incidents and attacks and how you you would you not just physically, but uh, mentally and emotionally respond to something, I think they'd be seeking our services a lot more. Mm. Uh, but, you know, TV does, you know, I, I always tell people misconceptions come from two different things. Uh, TV for one, seeing how you think things will play out and then training. And if you don't have training, it's just life experience, which falls under training. So uh, and a lot of those things were uh, misconceptions. So I think one one thing that would help us a lot is uh, if people just didn't somehow have those misconceptions that they have. But uh, the other thing I could tell you, at least that that made this is a totally different different subject, but um, that made it, I guess, not so difficult, but it just didn't make it any easier was, man, and some people would hate me saying this, having a business degree. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I went to school, um, got a business degree from from Walsh University in Canton, Ohio. And uh, I could tell you, Jeremy, I I haven't used that degree once. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I have two businesses now. And, and you know, when younger people ask me, you know, what's your what's your advice on opening a business? The first thing I'll tell them is I have literally kicked in doors, um, hunted terrorists, hunted fugitives, uh, assisted in putting uh, death row inmates to sleep. Um, I fought in a cage. I've been in countless operations, um, been in really scary situations and nothing pales in comparison to the fear I had of resigning from something every day, getting a paycheck every other week to opening a business and the fear of the unknown. And when I thought, well, I have a business degree, you know, I, I'm just gonna fall back. I, the degree is great. Shows that I did it, got a piece of paper. However, it really was not applicable to anything that I did owning a business. And maybe it was just my specific business, but um, I, I tell people all the time now, Go learn psychology so you learn people. Mm -hmm. um, finance wouldn't be bad. Um, learn a trade. Go to a trade school because owning a training facility, plumbing's going, electric's going, furnace is going. Right. You know, and, and that I have to pay somebody for that. So, um, and I try to do it on my own, but you know, being shocked and having a lot of water everywhere, you learn a lesson. So, <laughs> you know, that that that's one challenge that I had, thinking that I could fall back to just a, a four-year business degree uh, from a good school, it honestly, I, I hate to say it, it really didn't do a whole lot as far as what my what my business um, experience has been. So that was the challenge. You won't get me to argue with you whatsoever. I have a computer science degree because I thought I needed it, and I hardly ever used anything I went to school for. I completely agree with you. And I've, I've met a number of people and uh, there's actually a big movement in the IT space now for, for companies to hire and not so much emphasize the college degree anymore, especially with the current generation who are growing up with technology more than, I mean, we didn't, right? We, right. we had the telephone on the wire, right? We didn't have any of this stuff. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that's I, very what about for you, Jamie? What's something I, you would... Uh, yeah. Something that we've learned is, um, or something that I wish we would have done differently is we kind of started 
And, you know, we still do it a little bit, but we did a lot of events that were open to the public. We're sell we're trying to sell tickets. We're getting people in there one by one by one, kicking and screaming, you know, you really want to come. I know you really want to come. Um, instead of really focusing on the corporate trainings, which is where a company has a wellness program or just wants their comp their employees to be safe. And instead of training five or 10 or 25 people at a time, now we have a contract to do hundreds of employees either at a time or throughout the year and then going to their different locations. And um, so it's really, I think for myself, because I hadn't been in this particular sector before, um, I was afraid to make those calls to the bigger companies, to the large corporations that have thousands of employees. And I wish I would have just bit the bullet and um, done it from day one, because that's where we're at now. And we're doing more corporate trainings and larger groups. And it's definitely um, that ripple effect is really happening because, you know, when we're training 200 people, they're going and telling their friends and families and other businesses that they know about it instead of training five people at a time or privates. And, and we still do privates and we still do small groups and we still do events where they're open to the public, but it's hard to get people in there. But if their employer's paying for it, um, it's a lot easier. Yeah, that's that, that's a lesson uh, uh, many businesses have learned, right? In terms of go where the money is, right? Com companies have money individuals sure volume right volume sales versus large sales that's that's interesting um uh, that's a good lesson so what's next for the company what's what's coming up as we go into the new year what are your big plans i'm i'm so glad that you asked that because um <laughs> taking over the world <laughs> I mean, yeah, real domination i was yeah. just talking to a girl who's going to do some publicity for us um today about that and i think our next our next goals are obviously more corporate trainings, but um, we're working on some digital programs so that no matter where you're at, you can um, buy our courses and download them or become a subscriber and um, get access to our material all year long. And maybe that's for companies to when they're hiring a new employee or for their current employees um, that they have a subscription so that they're able to stay safe. Um, because if you're not safe and you get attacked at night, you're not going to work the next day, which affects your company's bottom line. Um, and then launching our teacher, our teacher training program, we've been collecting interest um, up to this point, but it's really time for us to launch that for other people to be um, weapon brand instruct instructors and franchise and, and open their own facilities. That's amazing. Brian? Any thoughts on the future? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day at a time. It's, it's day by day for me, Jeremy. I, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I get beat. I get beat up every day. <laughs> this, this is this is why Jamie's the the marketing. One hundred percent. She uh, she she takes every word out of my mouth, and she she makes it sound about a hundred times better. So, uh, but yeah, she she's absolutely right. I I think. Um, uh, obviously the, the instructor development program is going to be pretty big for us just because we are, we're stretched thin. We're going hundred miles an hour every single day. Um, we have some instructors now, but we really need to spread that out. And, um, I, I, what I, what I would really like to see 
um, over this next year, especially is we start to become, we start to, to kind of uh, break through that surface of, of people knowing our name as the household name for self-defense and, and confidence hmm. to be able to build their own empowerment through us. So I, I would really, we're already starting to be recognized in, in uh, the Northeast Ohio area and down here in Florida in the, uh, the Tampa and St. Pete area a little bit. Uh, but I'd really like that to, to really start to spread for us. I'd really like, like people to see just even this, this, this diamond we have or, or that name weapon and not think that we're making guns, but I think that we're, we're, we're making weapons out of people. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast. This has been very enlightening. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. I am a big supporter of, of, of doing that sort of thing. And I wish you all the best. And I, I look forward to hopefully exposing through my audience, uh, some new people who can reach out to you. And I'll make sure to put web links and, and all that in the description. That'd be awesome. Put that out. Awesome. Jeremy, I just have to say, uh, it's, Man, it's almost been an hour. It's almost <laughs> been an hour somehow. Yeah, and we said, ah, there's no way. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much for having us, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy.